0: Morning. Red ten standing by. Red nine standing by. Red three standing by. Red six standing by. Good night. Standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it.
1: laser
0: Welcome to the Ion Cannon podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts Tom and William. And today, we're lucky enough to have Matt Rushing from the 602 Club join us to discuss this episode. Matt, welcome back to the show.
2: Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be back. I'm super excited to be, you know, talking about new Star Wars again. I, I know, like you guys, uh, anytime that happens, it's it's always exciting. And uh, yeah, great to to be able to kick off the Book of Boba Fayette with y'all.
3: Oh, we're so excited yeah, yeah. to have you. It's so you know, looking forward of this. We we of course had Visions earlier this year and before that um uh, uh the bad batch, but this is the first live action Star Wars we've gotten since the end of the of the Mandalorian season 2 over a year ago now. Uh what was it 12 and a half months ago and uh, it's been a it's been a long wait. Remember think back to remember when we the the season was ending and we got this surprise after post credit scene with Boba Fett and Fenix Shan taking out Bib Fortuna and the surprise that the book of Boba Fett would de- be debuting December 2021. And sure enough, on uh, pretty much as late as you can get in December, the show mm-hmm. dropped. And uh, I am so excited to be talking about it with you guys.
4: Ditto. Ditto. Yeah. But we have some announcements first, don't we?
3: Yeah, just very briefly, The High Republic Wave 3 begins on uh, this week, on Tuesday. So uh, as this episode comes out, uh, so definitely check that out. Uh, There's only the the first book, The Falling Star, uh, and then the next two will be in February. So exciting stuff there uh, for The High Republic fans. Uh, And also, the one thing we didn't talk about, Looks very cool. We'll have to save a, a more detailed um, uh, discussion for a future episode. But at the Game Awards, uh, they actually announced a brand new uh, Star Wars video game, uh, which we're very excited about. you know we, we've been we've been out for the last uh, couple weeks due to the holidays. So we haven't had a chance to talk about it. But uh, Quantic Dream, uh, it will be developing a Star Wars game set in the High Republic era Um, and it's probably a few years away at this point I've heard it could be as many as three (laughs) four five years away but it's called Star Wars Eclipse and the trailer was very very cool Um, I I don't know anyone else things you want to add real briefly we want to get to the book of Boba Fett we have a lot to cover today and uh, as as you may have heard Stephen is uh, uh, had some power issues uh, just like in a, uh, a bongo below uh, the 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 sea in Naboo. So um,
0: before <laughs> be just fine. There's only a little bit of water, you know. Nothing to worry.
3: About. <laughs> Monsters out there, leaking in here, all sinking and no power. What do you think i oh, was in trouble?
0: <laughs> all right, and that's the end of this episode.
3: Uh, thank you all for listening. Will not be us again. <laughs> but anyway, just turned this off. As a result, we can't spend as much time talking about Star Wars Eclipse as we would like, but. You guys have any quick thoughts before we dive into our uh, the book of Obafet?
4: I'll make it quick. It was cool, but it said nothing.
2: <laughs> I mean, again, I, I can't add too much to that. I mean, I do think it looks cool. Um, I do think the main problem with it is that um, they're already pushing it back. Uh, and so... God knows when we'll ever if we'll ever get this game, because if it's like any other Star Wars property, it probably will get canceled. So, I mean, and I mean, I hate to say that, but they've already pushed it back to like 2026. So
4: that's insane. Yeah. Since the Republic last that long. Sorry.
3: I suspect, you know, this is this is a, a case of, you know, they're they're trying to get fans excited about the next wave of Star Wars video games. Now that the license has been expanded from just EA to other publishers and other, uh, developers. Um, and I, I've personally, I love Quantic dreams games. They made heavy rain, um, and, uh, Detroit become human, both of which were fantastic games, very story heavy. Uh, we were actually talking about this on the star Wars report with, uh, with Riley and, and Mark uh, about how, you know, so I, I advise you go, you know, go check that out if you want more, more details on, on my thoughts on the game. But the, um, Quantum Dream tends to be very story-driven um, to the point where it's some some criticize their games from almost being too cinematic uh, rather than more, you know, video gamey. y um, some, some people call them, hey, more like, you know, basically like uh, 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 walking simulators. Uh, but they have incredibly intricate branching storylines, and you can really choose your own adventure, uh, even more so than a, a standard role-playing game in some ways, so... Um, if they if they do that within the star wars universe i'm very excited so i mean i we could spend a lot more time talking about uh star wars eclipse but we have the book of boba fett to discuss so tom you want to give our listeners a little more about what we'll be discussing today
4: Yep. What we're going to be re- reviewing tonight is the first chapter of the book of Boba Fett titled Stranger in a Strange Land. This was written by, directed by Robert Rodriguez and written by John Favreau. The synopsis is Boba Fett holds court. So, it's very, what it, very short yeah, and sweet. <laughs> and, and you know what? Sometimes a synopsis like that works very well. And that's exactly what happens in this, but not so much that he held court. Because what did you guys think of actually? We finally got to see what happened with him getting out of the Sarlacc pit, which I found very funny, because it kind of it kind of goes along with something else that happened recent in television history. But what did you guys think of that?
2: I mean, uh, it's it's nice to know that the uh, the group watches Parks and Rec. I was (laughs) going to, you know, so that's fantastic. Um, And so I thought that that was very funny. That literally, it's exactly what. you know Patton Oswalt says in his filibuster Mm -hmm. and I think I mean it's great you know I mean that's exactly I think what so many of us have kind of pictured Mm -hmm. uh, in our minds for the Mm -hmm. most part and so I mean I I think it works really well And, and and it's a great way to I think open the show yeah
3: yeah it's really interesting how this First episode and possibly the series. I'd love to get your, all your thoughts on this is structured because um, there is like the 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 main storyline in the present right that picks up after the end of the Mandalorian season two, uh, kind of detailing how Boba Fett is and Fennec Shand are taking over Jabba's criminal empire, and we'll get more into that in in just a moment. Uh, but then you know through a series of flashbacks while Boba is in a back to tank healing, we learn about. Uh, more about his past and where he's been since you know between the end of Return of the Jedi and when we see him in The Mandalorian. And this this first episode only gives us a brief glimpse of uh, the, the the key moments, right? We get a a, a brief shot of Camino to kind of establish, hey, remember he's a clone, you know, for those mm-hmm. who may have forgotten, uh, and the uh, establishing shot from Attack of the Clones where we see uh, you know a young Boba Fett looking at his father's helmet. And fun fact, that's actually brand new footage. Yeah, I was going to say,
4: because that did not match up.
3: Um, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a, the, the, the wider establishing shot is unused footage from attack of the clones. It's a different angle, a little bit further back than we see in the film. And then, uh, the new shot where he's like staring into his father's helmet is actually a stunt double, um, uh, playing, uh, Daniel Logan's character. Um, uh, and, um, uh, with, you uh, can staring into the helmet. So that, that's kind of cool to see. um, And then we kind of move forward into the whole escape from the Sarlacc. And that really takes up the rest of the episode's flashbacks where we see him escape the Sarlacc and kind of go on the beginning of this journey. And I think it's the beginning because I have a feeling, and I would love to hear all of your thoughts, but I have a feeling they'll continue to use flashbacks through the rest of the season to kind Mm. of fill in Boba Fett's journey. Right. Um, But, you know, it was cool to see him Escape the Sarlacc. I don't feel like it's anything unexpected, right? I, I, it's pretty much all what we no. knew was going to happen. Yeah. Um, but it's still cool to see. I, I, you know, I, 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 just I don't feel like the show has given us, uh, you know, a lot of new
4: stuff
0: to to grasp onto. I don't know,
4: Stephen, mm-hmm. your your thoughts? Yeah, Stephen, you have a thought?
0: No, I 100% agree, and I'll I'll say one. I I actually hope we don't get just flashbacks uh we'll talk about the fort the future present i guess it's present i don't right. know we'll talk about the present stuff in a moment um but i'll i want to see more of that story and I, there's just not a lot of interesting things that i think can really happen in the past we saw mm-hmm. him get out of the startlock was a great shot well you know well done we see him with the Tusken, uh, but I, just, I can't see there's that much of interest that happens between now and when he shows up uh, in the desert following the Mandalorian in uh, what would have been uh, early season two, I believe it was, when he, uh, we get, like, the first real look at him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I take that back. There may be some interesting things where we see him rescue Spanak Chin and see some of that relationship. And that, I think, would be worth spending some time on.
4: Mm-hmm. Matt, what are your thoughts? because I have my thoughts on on the flashback stuff, but what are yours first?
2: Yeah, so this is really interesting, and I think that I might be in a camp of my own, I don't know, but I feel like this episode doesn't know what to do with itself mm-hmm. um, yep. because it's, it it's 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 split and it's not split well like story wise mm-hmm. i uh, and 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 i'm you know look i'm not an editor i'm not a storyteller or whatever i just watch a lot of stuff so i mean mm-hmm. take it or leave it but i just feel like what to me it would have been stronger to start with the the you know the death of bib fortuna you know them taking over the place him mm-hmm. being um Injured, having to be put into a back to tank, and then going to the flashback and just having the rest of the episode be his entire story of being accepted by uh, the Tuscans, mm-hmm. and then leave it open so that he wakes up and says something like, It's time to get to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have set. So that the next episode can be more about the present while at the same time, um, you know, flashing back when it needs to. Um, because I I was just left by I was struck by the fact that one, I don't really understand why he's in the back of the tank because we saw him in Mando and there was no need for him to have to mm. be back and back to every five seconds. Mm hmm. Um, so this creates a mystery to which seems very strange. Um, and then I, I just in all honesty, there's no hook for this story um right now. Um, and I think the problem is is that you're comparing it to Mando, episode one, and that episode hooks you immediately. Um, and even at the very end, um because it gives you something completely unexpected and Mm -hmm. this there's not a lot unexpected and it just feels schizophrenic in its storytelling. Um, and I don't think I wasn't in all honesty, I just wasn't blown away, um, Mm -hmm. by anything that they did here. And, um, and I was left feeling kind of frustrated because neither storyline felt progressed to the point where I was satisfied by the final, of this episode. And, and I, I don't mean that in a good way. Mm-hmm.
3: I, I couldn't it's, agree more. Yeah. And, and
4: it, <clears throat> I, I, I agree with everything that's being said because I, when I watched this, it was almost like I was watching two episodes and, and I agree with the, the schizophrenic and it's, it's, I, I can see why they wanted to do the backstory, the the backstory with the Tuskens. I thought was the one thing that maybe for me dragged it down a bit because there's some of the storytelling they were doing it it moves too slow and i get it we want to know why he ended up with a gaffey stick when we saw him in mandalorian we wanted to know how he survived the sarlacc pit which i totally get and then you know how it progressed forward to this point i think they spent too long on it i also think there's a couple shots in there that kind of bother me because i think the volume if they were using the volume as a background it didn't work and it to me felt like it was on a set and i'm like okay this kind of works it kind of took me out of the scene um and the other thing was i like how they it for me at least when it came to the tuscan raiders it had a lot of uh effie's nest feel to it because i actually watched solo the other night and i'm watching Effie's nest and then i see the uh, i'm looking at the tuscans like it had that kind of feel to it as well so it seems like they're At least when it comes to the Tuscans, I think they're trying to establish just different uh, tribes of Tuscans because these are not the same ones that we see in A New Hope and later. These look like it's a completely different set. Um, When it came to the stuff of the crime stuff, I'm more interested in that because I want to see how does Boba Fett try and take over as a crime lord and do it with respect instead of terror.
3: Yeah, and I think you know, to, really to your point, Matt. The I if, it almost felt like it was the first, you know, couple minutes of the of the the main plot, but they didn't really they didn't really progress it enough to give you any reason, any insight into Boba's motivations, right? Why, mm-hmm. why is he taking over for Jabba? Uh, you know, he, he wants to rule differently and rule with respect and 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 be a little different than Jabba, but. What is his motivation, right? Why, why does he want to be this this big crime lord? Um, and let's think
0: it even a step further, William. I think the show has a bigger issue in. Uh, I like, think about our experience with Jabba when we see him in four through six. In episode four, our experience with Jabba is he is uh, coming to demand his money and intimidate Han Solo
1: mm-hmm.
0: because Han was running a job for him and something didn't go right. When we see him again in six, he's got a palace. He's got tons of people that are working for him. He's throwing parties. He's living that gangster life. Uh, Boba Fett, as near as I can tell, like he sits in his chair. Um, there's no one else with him other than Fennec Shand. He's—I get that he's not trying to intimidate in the way that Jabba did, but I also don't understand why anyone is paying attention to him. Um, like we don't even get the like, "Oh man, I know you're Boba Fett, and you know you're really cool." And I don't want you to disintegrate me, please. Right. Uh, exactly. But yeah, here's, yeah. like, and it's followed, like, his walk, his stroll through town is just, like, I just, I, it's like, I imagine, like, oh, let me go walk downtown and walk through this. It's like, hey, I want, I want a cut of your action because I'm, I'm the new lord here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What well, is that he was, doing I, that, it, like. It felt like we both started too early and too late.
3: It, it's exactly. Right. Because, you know, it, it, mm-hmm. it's a weird story t- from a storytelling perspective. It's, a, it's strange because the very end of The Mandalorian, and it's only a 30 second scene or whatever it is, right. uh, shows how Boba Fett comes in and kills Bib Fortuna, who had taken over from mm-hmm. Jabba. That part makes sense, right? Jabba dies. Bib Fortuna takes over. OK, makes sense. Yep. Um, and at the end of The Mandalorian, he kills off Bib Fortuna and sits in the throne. When the Mandalorian starts, you don't see that again. You don't see how he got up to that point. Even it just starts, you know, almost Im- right after that moment where he's now in the throne and he's like, "Come to me, deliver me tribute." And right. there's no, there's no reason for one. Wh- why does he want that? Two. Why does? How has he established his authority to get that? You know, and and wh- why do people want to listen to him? And, or is mm. he just you know some guy kind of you know poached out? You know, sitting in uh, Jabba's palace but okay just because you're in java's palace doesn't mean you have any authority and so i think that's the part that struck me is like i i I want more from that and i I, i'm very i'm sure they'll give us more of that as we continue through the season but for a for a series premiere it didn't really give you that hook right for the the motivation or the excitement or just you know introducing like grogu at the end of the mandalorian season one we are like oh my gosh there's this kid. It's a really cool relationship. It's he's like Yoda, right? Um, and I was actually watching the premiere, expecting something like that to happen because the, uh, yep. the the crew had talked, cast and crew had talked about before the show premiere that oh we can we've only shown the first scenes, to the first half of the episode right. because to say anything else would be a spoiler. And right. I honestly, I feel like after watching the premiere, and, and I know it sounds super critical, so I actually I, I, there was a lot I loved about it, but after watching the premiere. I don't feel like I got anything else than I got from the very first trailer, which said pretty much nothing. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The only thing additional we got that wasn't in the trailer was the fact that Boba escaped the Sarlacc. And that's kind of like, okay, we all, we all knew that we hadn't seen it. And it's cool to see, don't get me wrong. Um, And I suspect, you know, the flashbacks will show because this one, Right. We see him escaping the Sarlacc, and then he's he's a prisoner of the Tuscan Raiders, and they're much more brutal than we see in the Mandalorian, which really tried to humanize the Tuscan Raiders a lot more. Uh, you know, where like the Mandalorian was making friends with a lot of the Tuscan Raiders and talking with them, and they were helping him out. And uh, in this one, they're 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 brutal. They're trying to torture Boba Fett. They're making him dig in the in the in the sand for for water. Um, and yeah, for these watermelons, not watermelons, but melons filled with water. Well, I, I, think, um, I think that's
4: close enough because that's right. kind of what they, they were.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 eventually, you know, he does defeat this creature, uh, this this armed giant creature and saves the young Tuscan and, and earns some respect. And but it just the episode just ends there. Right. You don't mm-hmm. even get any more. And I, I so that's why I think they'll continue that story. Because I suspect they want to show us why Boba Fett was wearing Tuscan robes, why he right. had a gaffy stick, all of these things in The Mandalorian. But even that isn't that big of a hook. It's like, OK, he could have escaped, but he went back to the Tuscans. Why? I don't know. And they and they leave it. I don't know. M- Matt, you had I think you had something. Yeah,
2: well, ahead. so, you know, on one side of the story, it is it's basically like The Godfather 2. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're watching uh, the new Dawn try to assert his dominance and um and you're also seeing the flashbacks of what his father did right uh and or his uh, grandfather um
4: father father Father. it's father anyway yeah i've seen those movies many times it's father
2: so (laughs) um it anyway so you're you're watching that whole story play out and you're kind of seeing the the juxtaposition of the the rise right and how they do it, and mm-hmm. this is 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 was similar in that sense of like you're watching how uh you know Boba is is trying to rise to power and how he's trying to do it differently, which is I guess semi interesting um, I you know I, I can't say that it's like super exciting um because again I think the problem is is there wasn't enough like, and and everyone here is I think laid it out so well in the sense that there wasn't enough information about the how and the why Mm -hmm. and and so i'm just kind of left with huh and i think too you know what's what's really difficult about this show and i think it makes it much more like the marvel series that have come out which is they're expecting you to come in with the knowledge of who boba fett is everything Mm -hmm. that's happened to him and having seen um the mandalorian right which is the same thing that the Marvel shows do. They ex- assume that you've seen every single Marvel movie and the shows that have come before and how everything's going to fit together. And so I do feel a little bit bad for people in this, in the sense that, you know, like Mando, you didn't have to know anything mm-hmm. about Star Wars mm-hmm. to enjoy it. Like this, you have to know everything about Star Wars to enjoy it. Um, And so I think there's a the lot here to where... Again, I just I feel like when the series is done, we finish this 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 season, I'm guessing that what I would I'm gonna suggest is that if they had reordered some things uh in the episodes, that the first episode could have been better if they had just kind of like reorganized some material. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's an et- to me, it's an editing issue and and this is where I, I just feel like um, trying to tell both of these stories simultaneously, there just wasn't enough information on either side to and and that's where I just would have liked to have stuck with one or the other. And I think mm-hmm. it's better to just start with like him getting out of the Sarlacc, getting mm-hmm. the. You know the the love of the Tuscans, you know, so that he can be mm. accepted by then. and then waking up again. Just I feel like that's a much better hook, um, mm-hmm. and it leaves you much more satisfied in the sense of like, oh, so now I know how he got away from them, and he's ready to go to work and, you know, Boba's, you know, to 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 earn his rightful place as Boba's, you know, replacement or is mm. uh, Bib Fortuna's replacement, and really. Job huts replacing. it because right. who cares about Fortuna? You know Okay, so um, so
4: I'm gonna I'm gonna not to cut you off, but I want to throw a question out there. So to the three of you, do you think that this episode was more because Matt, you brought it up that the way that the I've not watched any of the Marvel shows. I'm not gonna get into that, but every but you mentioned that everybody, the way the Marvel shows are set up, they're they're expecting people to know what's going on. When it comes to this show Do you think the show is done more so as fan service? Because those are the people that they're trying to bring in to this show.
3: 100%. 100%. Yeah, I, I, the Mandalorian came out a few months in, you know, a few months after my, uh, my now wife, but at the time girlfriend and I were started dating, she had never seen Star Wars. I was introducing Mm -hmm. her to the films, um, and when the Mandalorian started, she instantly gravitated to the Mandalorian. Yes, there was the child, right. Uh, but there was also just the way the story was told, um, was just so interesting that she loved the show. Um, mm-hmm. and honestly, it's now she like buys all sorts of, you know, baby Yoda merch and everything. And, and, and she's like a huge fan of, of, you know, the child and the Mandalorian and stuff. Um, this show by comparison is designed for the for us right the the big right. fans who know everything and for us We enjoy it. We like seeing how Boba Fett gets out of the Sarlacc but if you don't know the films like the back of your hand and you don't remember that Boba Fett fell into a Sarlacc and you did, haven't seen you know or remembered every detail of the Mandalorian? You're gonna be missing a lot and it does require a lot of knowledge of the film It's it's also you know it doesn't have that cute hook right you know it necessarily needs it it doesn't have the story hook even so to get Mm. you you know into it and it's also entirely set on Tatooine um, which you know Tatooine is a great location but you know Star Wars is oftentimes likes to go to different places right it's a big galaxy Mm. and I I wonder like I think the whole series might even be set entirely on Tatooine. And it just makes it feel a little smaller. And if you're not into as you know much of like the aliens and and, and that sort of thing, you know, the Mandalorian had that, but it also I felt like it had a good balance of different locales and different places. Tatooine is a lot more dirty, a lot more you know weird in some cases that we love. Um, mm-hmm. But I think for the you know the average viewer out there who isn't a Star Wars fan, it's it's not as, as accessible. That's just my two cents. I, Tom, Steven, what do you two think?
4: Well, I th- Matt, uh, go ahead. I, Matt matter, Matt or Steven, because I'm the one that posed the question. Yeah. So, I,
0: I think I actually, I I want to say I disagree a little bit, William, in that or I agree and I disagree. And I, I'm going to try and make that make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs>
1: like,
0: I, I have been watching and enjoying the Marvel shows. And I, I look at those as um, almost like Rogue One in a lot of ways. It is hey, we're going to shine a light on a part of a story. It's not essential. You don't need to watch Rogue One to enjoy episode four. Um, But having watched episode four, you will enjoy Rogue One a lot more. Mm -hmm. The challenge is, I don't think, I don't know what the purpose of this show is. The trailers presented, Matt, like you said, kind of like I was getting a, I mean, I haven't seen The Godfather, but I'm culturally familiar, you know, cultural osmosis.
4: I like borrow the DVDs.
0: Uh, Yeah, so I was expecting that kind of feel. Boba Fett, the crime boss, what does that look like? Um, But the show doesn't really deliver on that concept, or the episode doesn't deliver, I should say. The show, you know, who knows? Um, And the background, like the pieces with the Sarlacc are, they're interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, It's cool to see, but honestly, it feels a lot like... um, some of the sequences in Mandalorian were like, he goes to the original cantina in Mos Eisley. Um, those are like, those sequences like, oh, it's cool as a longtime fan, I, I recognize that location, I'm interested in it, neat. But in the Mandalorian, those are just references. Mm-hmm. You don't need to understand that to enjoy the show. And the show doesn't spend a lot of time on them. They're not the main thrust. All of the, the past pieces with Boba Fett escaping the Sarlacc feel like an extended like cantina scene.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool.
0: I knew these things happened. I knew he got out of the Sarlacc, but is, is that what the show is? Like, is this what I'm supposed to be taking away from the show? Like is, that, is the Boba Fett survival story. I don't, that, that wasn't what I was expecting. And the show itself doesn't seem to really spend a lot of time on that, but it's also all it's really giving us at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. it's really missing a central narrative uh, thrust. That is the thing that says, this is what the show is about and this is what you're going to enjoy.
1: Mm-hmm. The
0: closest we get to that, I would say, is the assassins who show up yeah. um, and surround Fennec Shand and Boba Fett. And I wasn't that impressed with that sequence either. Like, it felt kind of lackluster compared to some of the like action sequences we got in The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think that's a really good point, because what we get in the in the show, um, absolutely, I think revolves around the idea of, you know, who the mayor is and who these assassins are, mm-hmm. and um, and and in many ways, I think it, it, it's exciting. And in some sense, you know, we're hopefully going to be diving more into the criminal underworld. Um, you know, the the show feels like it could draw heavily on on things that we've seen you know recently in the comics um you know with the bounty hunter war kind of thing and 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 you know i mean in all honesty uh you know things that we kind of saw happen in solo right um and mm-hmm. all that's really fascinating great mm-hmm. stuff you know the idea of of having basically uh the the mob show for star wars is phenomenal um, mm-hmm. But I think, you know, there was there just needed to be something, some Mm. kind of little reference, some kind of something. And, you know, I know it's obviously being speculated that it's Crimson Dawn that, you know, is uh, attacking Boba Fett, um, those kind of things, which all that's great. I love it. You know, bring in Kira, give it to me. Um, I'm, I'm solely, I'm like fully on board with that. I could not be more on board with that. I love yeah. that character. Um, but, uh, you know, it again, the problem is, is that that's just speculation at this moment because there's mm. absolutely nothing other than the color of their uniforms that are like giving it to us, you know? Um, mm-hmm. honestly, honestly, I was more interested in the fact that most Espa has grown up a lot since episode one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that was more fascinating to me than just about anything else in the episode. Um, mm, yeah. and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, just, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm just being really nitpicky as a fan or something, but I, and I, I, I guess in all honesty, I guess we were spoiled with the Mandalorian and it being so perfect from episode one on. Right. Um, and I guess, uh, I expected them to have learned that lesson and, and, figured out to give you the hook mm-hmm. um it, immediately
4: and, and i don't this. i don't think you're wrong um in yours i i think for me when it came to this episode they did mention that what we saw in all the all, all the commercials was everything that was going to be happening in uh episode one well boy did they pull the wool over our eyes because i would say the majority of the stuff that we saw never even made it into this episode Except maybe uh, Jennifer Gray's character make a turn when she was in her club. But other than that, that was probably it. And I was expecting to see Boba Fett at the head of the table with, let's say, the heads of the crime lords that were underneath Jabba the Hutt at that time that we saw in the commercial. Which I think one of them was the Trandoshan that was technically a walk-on by Robert Rodriguez, uh, Doc Strassi. I expected to see him there. I expected to see a challenge of Boba Fett. To his power, because all of a sudden he shows up. But what do we get? We get, as as has been mentioned, people coming in and giving him tribute. Well, what really, other than getting rid of Bib Fortuna, Boba, did you do to get to this this point? Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, and even that whole sequence was kind of played as a as an extended joke. Uh, And you know, it was it was kind of funny. I I, you know, don't get me wrong. Um, You know, you first you have the Aqualish named gar Falukuo, i think um who like brings in a bunch of credits but they can't understand him so they like, I can't understand need him. A protocol droid you know so they bring in D eight, and then he's there to translate and you get like you said doc strassi the trandoshan and they're like oh i used to work for him that's awkward you know mm-hmm. uh now the roles are reversed and then you get the major domo for the mayor of mas espa and you know it, it, it that was one of those like Oh, sorry. It was like a misunderstanding, you know, uh, like, of course, the major, the mayor wants to show up, but he's just too busy. And like, it's, oh, we don't have a tribute for you, but we're going to give you our heartfelt welcome. Oh, by the way, do you have a tribute for us? You know, right. it was kind of all tongue in cheek. And, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was, you know, it was funny in some ways, but it, 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 it kind of took I, away a lot of the seriousness. I, I, I
4: gotta say was. this. And uh, it, it, it it was, it was, it was funny. But it slowed it down. That's what I got out of that scene, especially when when the the mayor's assistant came in. It's like, okay, I'm watching this going, okay, am am I supposed to take this guy seriously? Is this guy kind of overacting? Is this going to be the guy's character? I did like to keep an eye on him. You know, I would have rather seen Fennec Shen kill him. But, you know. Whatever. I suspect Steven, he'll be a
3: big player later sorry. in the season, but start Steven. Yeah. I think you are going to say something. Yeah, Steven, I'm
4: sorry to, to okay. cut. go ahead.
0: I think about how that scene was shot and, uh, I'm going to say cast compared to the Java scenes in episode six. In episode six, we see wide shots of the throne room, all the different hangers on the people you can tell are are just there. Cause they want to, you know, share the same breath as the powerful crime Lord, um, right. you really feel the atmosphere these shots are very close and it's close-ups of Boba and Fennec and whoever walks into the room.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's missing, i say all the elements that I expect out of the crime boss sequel right. type Genre.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it really like the, the table scene we saw in the trailer where, you know, Boba talks down, to, you know, everyone who's there. Right. That was really missing. I think in setting up this episode, making it kind of know, delivering on the,
2: the promise of it. Well, and, and I'm glad you both brought that up because it was something that I, you know, Fennec wakes him up and says, come on boss, they're all lined up to see you. And like, there's no line, right? <laughs> there's there's, there's no nobody. There. right? They're like yeah. bringing people in one at a time. And I'm thinking to myself, it's, Is this because there's only two of them there, and they're like literally only letting one person? Like they're they're doing social
3: distancing in the throne room. Yeah,
2: (laughs) like Um, like the whole thing. Yeah, you're right. It was weird. You know, where was everybody? It it was so empty and devoid of any kind of um, meaning, other than the fact that, of course, the 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 most important thing here was the mayor thing. Like the mayor, you get this tension happening and all that. The rest of this, it just seems like in this episode's like, what, 38 minutes long and we're just like wasting time with things that don't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of those places where it's like the only thing that matters here is this specific moment between the power dynamics between the mayor and Boba. Right. That's yeah. what matters here. And, and yeah, there's just no atmosphere. There's the, and mm. and I I get maybe they're not allowing people in the same way Boba did because they're it's security and all that. But I'm there's no context. Right. Like now now maybe, I don't know. Everything yeah. seems to be missing something important. Now now maybe yeah. the yeah. point like, of all of this we're missing something.
3: It's possible the point of all this is to show that hey you know Boba Fett wants to do things differently. He wants to rule out of respect rather than through respect rather than fear. And mm-hmm. he hasn't actually gained anyone's respect, right? And so they're right. not—they're not lining up. They're not coming in droves to see him. They're not showing up because he hasn't—he hasn't earned their respect. And the reason, to, you know, for, for, for people to want to share that same space with the legendary Boba Fett, right. now the new yeah. crime lord, the, the the Daimo of the the Daimo of the uh, uh, um, of Tatooine. I don't know. But
4: now, now if here's, that's here's, the
3: case, I feel like they—they they haven't really you know, uh, um, address that well enough, at least right. in the premiere. And they they might get there again. Right. I feel like we're it, being it, harsh on the episode, but it's only because we love it and because of the Mandalorian is so good and there's so much potential in this show. They just haven't
4: given right. it to us yet. Stephen, go ahead. And then I got a thought. Go ahead.
0: No, right. William, I I would love if That's what they were going for. And I think that was, that would be a great narrative thrust for the episode and the show of like, hey, Boba thinks he's cool and no one else does. Right. Um. Even better. That would work as. as yeah. <laughs> we know what was is cool and we think we want it to be cool. Mm-hmm. So, like, That's so getting meta. To that build, that's,
4: I, I, I think that, for me, I'm sorry, finish your thoughts, Stephen. go ahead.
0: I, I would love it. That's what they were doing, but nothing in the actual episode did that. And right. uh, I, I don't think that's what they were going for.
4: And, and I think, I think at least, I, I think Matt, you, you brought it up that there was no atmosphere in 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 the palace at all it was just dead space and if you look at i'm gonna you go to the godfather you go to goodfellas you go even to gotham you go to um uh jennifer gray's character or i'm sorry jennifer beale's character in in the bar scene there was always there's atmosphere wherever you go someplace when there's always a big boss in this case and i understand that boba fett needed the respect to have a lion out in front maybe what could have happened is boss could have been there with him um, um any of the other bounty hunters that we could have seen back in episode two when we uh, yeah episode two any bounty hunter in there with him to make him more um threatening than just boba fett sitting on a throne and Finnick shan i love Finnick shan i'm looking forward to seeing how she grows as a character going through this because i think anybody who can take down cad bane even when she was just a rookie, when we saw her, you know, in, in Bad Batch, she is she's going to be a great character. Um, you did get to see how bad a um, Boba Fett was when one of the guys who attacked him on the street he literally blew the guy up on the side of a building. That I thought I will say brutal, but very cool. Yeah. But but with with everything else, it's like if you're going to be sitting in Jabba's palace, there needs to be ensure you just establish yourself. But there needs to be some kind of atmosphere, okay? You need to have at least a couple other bounty hunters around you to be like, let's say your your lieutenants, because any good Godfather or anybody in that always has a lieutenant. Watch all those crime movies; uh, all the all the, there's always a lieutenant, not just one, but there's a couple of them underneath them. And Fenix Shan's going to be great, but Boss could have been there. Anybody else could have been there.
3: Yeah, yeah so Thank far it's. Want- Boba and his two Kamara okay. guards.
4: <laughs> right. Steven. Uh, Steven, go ahead.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to talk a little bit more about the fight sequence because I mentioned earlier I was a little disappointed in it. And I think the crux of it for me is, you know, Boba and Fennec Shand are walking down the Mos espeth streets. Uh, they're surrounded by, what is it, like eight or nine uh, assassins, although they, it's hard to tell exactly what they're there for because they their immediate reaction is to put up these, like, kind of, uh I don't know, gungan type shield. Yeah, they like shields. The um and I was and we get a couple of fights uh moments where you know Fennec and Boba are trying to break out and I was so because it's like, guys, one of you has a jet pack. Like right. you're surrounded <laughs> right. on both sides, except up. Your jet pack is the most defining feature of your character. Why like why? Yeah. Why are we not flying and really getting to take advantage of that?
4: <laughs> That's a great point, Stephen. Good point, Stephen. <laughs> I thought Very it the point. first time I
2: saw the episode, I was like, this is dumb. Just, you know, you can fly out of there and shoot one of them. And it's, this is, this is, this is so easy.
0: Yeah. And it, it would be one thing I think if uh, we were coming into just this show, but we, the last time we saw Boba Fett was in the Mandalorian season two, where the, the jet pack gets plenty of use. And we see Boba Fett walking around with his gappy stick taking names like yeah
1: mm-hmm. it,
0: yeah it felt like he you know and i think matt you mentioned this like he he takes a hit and then he's immediately back in the back of the tank mm-hmm. i i feel like we're missing something that is wh- why is both not only not only not acting like the crime boss i feel like he's seen he's come across weaker in this episode and it's not super clear to me why yet
3: yeah mm-hmm. also more on a, I, I totally agree steven and more on a, on a um you know filmmaking from a filmmaking standpoint Was it just me or did it feel like everyone was pulling their punches? Like it looked – the punches a lot of times looked very fake, um, which I haven't seen a lot of times in Star Wars. But it it looked like they were pulling their their punches rather than, you know, just doing editing tricks to make it look like the
2: guy got smacked.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: Which is
2: strange because – Rodriguez directed the episode where Boba Fett showed up. Yeah, it oh, yeah. yeah. was amazing. That was brutal. That was a
4: great. It was episode. amazing Super fight brutal. scene. Right,
2: and yeah, and a great fight scene. So it it it's very odd to me that this whole fight scene felt so blase. Yeah, and kind of like something you'd seen a million times in other things, and um, didn't have the. The, I guess, in all honesty, the brutality I'm mm-hmm. expecting mm-hmm. from, you know, uh, uh, Boba Fett at this point. Because, again, the last time we saw him have a massive battle sequence was in that episode. right And, I mean, he was just taking names mm-hmm. all over the place. And, like And
4: and I think, I think, if I remember when we reviewed that episode, I think there were people on the internet that kind of said, well, it was a weird style. It was a weird directing style. But I sat there, if I remember, when we did it, I said, but that's a Robert Rodriguez style. It is the over the top. It is the brutal. It is this. It is that. And believe it or not, until you guys brought it up, now I realize that was not a Robert Rodriguez type of fight because he didn't kick a and take names, which he should have because he did in the other episode of The Mandalorian.
2: It, it was. It was yeah, very.
3: It was very weird.
4: Yeah.
2: Well, and I do. Yeah. I mean, you. Everybody's here mentioned it, but again, it feels like there's something so fundamental missing because there's a real disconnect between who this Boba Fett is and the one we saw. And right. I'm not complaining about the Boba Fett we see getting out of the Sarlacc pit, not being able to, right. you know, take names because right. he's had no food, no water. He's been tortured like he's been sitting out in the Tatooine suns. I mean, he should look like, you know, burnt toast Um, and. I don't... I So that all is perfect. Like, I thought that was great because they didn't mm-hmm. make mm-hmm. him awesome. Right. And he shouldn't be. And he even but, takes down
3: like, a, a massive with his bare hands. Uh, yeah. Like, that, yeah. those yeah. Were scenes were cool, you know, even when he's, like, yeah. you
2: know. But, well, yeah. But that, then, it, it, in that fight, like, I've seen him in the Mandalorian just just being incredible, and, and the Boba Fett we kind of expect. And, and right. for some reason, here, he's not... And he's in a back to tank and like, but I don't have any reason to understand why that's the Mm -hmm. case. And and I feel like by them, not giving us that piece is a problem here because it, again, narratively with everything we've seen, this makes absolutely no sense.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think it actually goes so far as to say, I don't even mind necessarily that he is weaker and Mm -hmm. needs to go in the back tank or is off his game. I think that was, that could make for a great uh, like development and arc for him in the season. Mm -hmm. I suspect it's not like this is a different creative crew. This is Jon Favreau and Robert Rodriguez, both who were, who were intimately familiar with Boba Fett's journey in the Mandalorian. I suspect we might get flashbacks that help explain this. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right. And at that point, like you said, Matt, I think it just comes down to it. The editing here feels a little bit off. Mm -hmm. There, there was, either we're not getting the right bits in the right order, or, you know, we're, you know, maybe interspersing the two stories at the same time isn't quite working the way they hoped. But it just, there's something a little bit missing. And I, I'll say, especially coming out of, you know, the first episode for the show, that's a little disappointing to me. Um,
3: it has all the right pieces. It's, it's, it's right. so close. And it's, right. it's and I, I, this show has so much potential. I just feel like the execution, of and it might just be an editing thing, was just a little off in the first episode.
4: I I guess I guess for me right now, I look at it as this is the first episode they're trying to establish themselves. And I think they tried to put too much in one basket. And they tried to tell too much and they really should have tried to spread it out, let's say, a longer episode or they could have done it over two episodes or they could have split it to where you do see him do nothing but. Stay with the Tuscan Raiders and you see how he was able to get out. We saw him get out of the Starlight mm-hmm. Pit. We finally saw how the Jawors were able to get his armor and how it ended up at, at the Marshal. So we, we found all that stuff out. They're giving us that backstory. But maybe just spend the first episode giving us that full on backstory and getting it to where it would end. Where you see him basically take out Bib Fatuna on the throne and then it jumps in. And this part give of the us episode. his
3: motivations. Right. Yes, I think that's the big thing. There's no motivation. There's no hook for what's come, what's to come to get us excited yeah. about the future. And they're telling us stuff that we've already, we already knew about. We haven't seen, but we knew all this. Right. We knew his armor got stolen. It's not like, oh my right. gosh, how was he going to get it back? We, we knew, you know, he was hanging out with the Tuscan Raiders at some point. And so I think that's, that's, that's the, the, the thing I struggle with is like, okay, tell us something we don't know already. Don't just, right. te- don't just tell us things we do already know
0: here's an optimistic take. Um, and actually I, I suspect this end of being the case, but we'll see. One of my biggest criticisms for uh, especially season one of the Mandalorian is we had an awesome kind of trio of episodes to kick it off. And then we went into filler episodes for the majority of the season and then one or two mm. big episodes to finish it. Um, right. It was, I even say it was classic, like I'm going to say like 90s, early 2000 television where it's like, Oh, each episode is a bottle story. Some, like a problem is introduced and it's solved by the end of the episode. It's a mm. filler. Not great, but it's you know, it's okay. I suspect with Book of Boba Fett, they're striving to avoid that problem. And doing so means they're stretching out some of the character arcs or and not even necessarily stretching, but they're sprinkling it in different places than we saw in the Mandalorian. With the Mandalorian, when you're doing filler episodes, all of the main pieces need to be in place. We need to establish our foundation very quickly so you can Jump into the filler if that makes sense. Right. Uh, well, I I'm I, hoping with Book Two that we're gonna they're not they're gonna avoid the filler episodes and we're just gonna get a a single story that is told over you know however many episodes the season ends up being. Mm-hmm.
2: I disagree a little bit because I feel like this is the filler episode, um, or at least the quote unquote filler episode because those episodes in the middle of The Mandalorian meant something mm-hmm. when you got to the end. Like, and, and then they meant something too into season two. And so I almost feel like there's a lot of things in this episode that are meant to set up things like, like, um, when we go searching for watermelons, we're just going to call them watermelons. Right. (laughs) Um, and they are, they, they see that farm being raided by what looks like the, um, mining guild that's taking over in the power vacuum Mm -hmm. already. Right. Right. That's a weird scene Yeah, that'll probably mean something later on right? but doesn't necessarily mean something now. And I, I think that's the thing about this episode is that to start off in a place where you're showing us things that will probably mean something in the whole of the series but right now just almost feel out of context in a way that doesn't lead me to necessarily – like, the only thing I truly really care about after this episode is figuring out who the mayor is and what's going on. And, yeah. and like, that's yeah. the thing that's most interesting. The rest of it is just like, OK, like it, it, we kind of did that. But um, I think that's the thing that really just kind of uh, bothers me a little bit is that, again, I feel like that's an editing issue and a problem with making this your first statement of this is the book of Boba Fett.
3: Yeah. Right. I couldn't agree more. And I, I think the show has a lot of potential and I'm excited to see where it goes in the, the remaining six episodes. Cause the seven episode mm-hmm. season. Um, so it's a little more condensed, uh, and you know, I'm excited to see where it goes. I just, I guess I was a little bit, a little bit underwhelmed by the, by the premiere, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to be like, yes, this is awesome. Um, but it, it kind of just made me wish, like I, I wish we had Mandalorian <laughs> season three uh to start with. But uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to see where they take this. Um mm. one other minor minor thing before we get into our um final thoughts on the episode. Was it just me or was there like a, a strange fisheye effect in some of the the epi- in some of the shots? It 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 looked <clears throat> um almost like you know, because it was, it was typically on like the wider wider angle shots where like there was big combat happening and vast mm. panning. It almost looked like maybe the volume couldn't keep up, and you're getting this weird like you know fisheye effect or something in the corners of the screen. It it was only in like two or three shots, but it like drove me crazy. I, I have no idea what that was.
4: That I never noticed. I just noticed that there was a couple spots where he was with the Tuscans that if there was a volume in the background it didn't work because it looked it, it looked like it was a set mm. it looked like somebody was on a studio a studio lot within a big set and there was just sand thrown on the floor and, and it was dark but i i got that feeling just within the tuscan scenes
2: mm. okay um well, yep. i did see that and i noticed that at the um because I, I, I just rewatched the episode before we started recording and I think that by the time it's done in the flashback scenes and it's the moment where like when he walks back after having killed uh, the creature and they have its head and he gets handed the water it's it looks like a normal scene. So it's almost as if like there's this kind of like malaise that he's been in Mm -hmm. Um, you know he gets out of the sarlacc nothing's kind of normal in this it seemed to be gone in the flashbacks when that had happened and so that is kind of like i think they were trying to kind of make this um their way of kind of showing he isn't all there yet like he's not he's not you know like it's um he's 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 Been in a Sarlacc, you know, his life is turned upside down and that that was their visual way of showing like he's he's not he's not able to be the Boba Fett we know because like he has had no food. He's had no water. He's you know, he's been tortured like this is this is what these memories look like to him. Um, And they aren't clear memories until he's finally handed some water and
4: like accepted in the tribe. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I have to ask: Did you expect a fist bump there? Because I kind of, I kind of did. Oh, thank God! <laughs> it was that weird. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was so weird. But there was a part of me just like uh. I expected a fist bump <clears throat> at that point.
3: Yeah, no, I, I guess the the it was primarily during the parkour scenes in the present that I noticed the the fisheye effect. But anyway, it, it, n- neither here nor there. That was just something I I noticed. But um,
0: I don't know. I think we fully iterating.
3: Yeah, Steven. I-
0: I do want to call out one thing I thought was really impressed with. Matt, you mentioned how much you enjoyed seeing how large Moth Espa had grown just as a city. I also have to say the costume team and the uh, uh, even the set design team did a fantastic job, especially mm. the sequences in Moth Espa. I really appreciated the variety of characters and aliens mm-hmm. that we saw. Um, just they did a phenomenal job of building out that world. And I, I wish we saw more than effectively a single like road of Moth Espa, but the characters that populated it and that we interacted with were all phenomenal. And I
4: mm-hmm. hope that continues. Mm-hmm. I and and that. one more thing. Did you guys see the Easter egg that was in the uh, Cantina scene? There was the Easter egg of Captain Rex. Was there? Oh. Yes. The robot Captain Rex, not Captain oh, Rex. Oh, oh yes, yes,
3: the yes, yes. Oh, yes. I did see that. Yeah, that so, was really so cool. I, yeah,
4: the, the, the sad thing is now within the Star Wars universe, you have two Captain Rex. <laughs> Sorry, you
3: threw me there for a minute. I was like, wait, yeah. what?
4: <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, you know what? Didn't mean to do that, William. I just, I found it very funny. I'm sitting here watching the thing. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Shouldn't he be Shouldn't he be piloting a, no, wait a minute. Shouldn't he be a, now he's a card dealer? Oh, okay.
3: <laughs> yep, yep. Well shall we get into our final thoughts? Steven, you want to you kick us off?
0: Yeah, I can kick us off. Um, so yeah, I think we covered uh, – I was impressed because I was expecting to come to this and I was expecting to be the most negative, And I felt like we were all kind of on the same wavelength here. Um, I think the show has a lot of potential. I was definitely disappointed in the kind of first episode and think it, it just missed in a couple places to really give it um, a, a good go. I'm, I will say, I'm hopeful that with, I hope some of this kind of like establishing stuff out of the way, like how he escaped the Sarlacc, what's going on in the city, we can start to get into some more meat and the next episode will really kind of kick things off and go into gear. Um, but I think just for this one, I think I'm gonna have to give it a six out of 10 Womperats. Um, Cause yeah, it just, it felt a little bit lacking and uh, it didn't quite hit the bar. I think that the Mandalorian has set for uh, Star Wars television. Um, mm. But my six Womperads are going to solve one of my main problems with the episode, which is why did Boba Fett not use his uh, jetpack? And it's just, you know, he's got the two little thrust models, and a couple of Womperads that kind of crawled in there when he was to sleep and gunked up the work you now and really just causes some issues. So what are you going to do? Nice.
4: Good one.
3: Matt, what would you give this episode?
2: I think that... I'm probably in the same crashed sail barge right now. Um, <laughs> uh, it's I, I think I'd probably go six out of ten womp rats. um and the reason and and the reason that um uh, Boa Fett couldn't use his jackpack is because the womp rat had well, a few of the dead ones had gotten stuck in the the. Uh, boosters, and that's why the uh, Jetpack could not be used. Um, I think it's an okay start, and I think that by the end of the season, you know, uh, it may have ameliorated a lot of the things that we talked about. But at the same time, I don't think it's as strong a start as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's disappointing. And mainly it's just because, one, I think they set the bar really high with Mando episode one. But two, I think that they're to blame by saying that every episode was going to blow your mind with some sort of reveal. And there's literally absolutely zero reveals in this episode that we didn't already understand Mm -hmm. or know. Um, And I have to say, um, I put it in the chat for you guys, but um, there is a Swedish film uh, to which the main theme of Boba Fett pretty much comes from. So I was a little disappointed to find out <laughs> that it's not really completely original. It actually sounds very really? much like this. Really this film. Um, and um, but otherwise you know I think uh, I enjoyed the uh, Ennio Marconi uh, sounds um, to the score. Hmm. I think that's really smart to go in that direction hmm. uh, And you know I'm excited and, and, and like all of you, regardless of whether I love this first episode, I'm still excited to see where they go with this character. Um, it did, I, I think the biggest problem is that it felt a little bit like, I mean, it felt too much like the Parks and Rec monologue. Um, and that's, it's more <laughs> fan service in that way. And that it's not good fan service-y. I mean, like, you know, having just seen Spider-Man no way home, um, a few weeks ago, it's like doing nostalgia and fan service in a way that really worked. And Mando did that really well, and I wanted this to do well and it and it it so far it 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 didn't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I hate to be more negative, but, you know, it's like if we if we can't, I think, be able to explain why something doesn't work for us in and, and be critical in that way without trashing something, then, mm. I mean, we're just, yes, men. And and, and that right. that mm. makes us good fans really, right. because we have to be able to say, you know, that's just not as good as it could have been.
4: Right. Yeah. And, and I totally agree with you. Um, I, I, well, I, I am going to go next if you don't mind.
3: By all means.
4: Okay. Um, I, I think I, I'm giving it a seven. I know I'm going to be higher right now than Steven and, and and Matt. I see potential in this. Yes, I did, you know, pick some things that did bother me and did mention that. But, you know, I am intrigued to see where they're going from here with Boba Fett and Finnick Shan and how the two of them are going to work together. They really never touched upon the cantina that we saw. It was only a quick thing in out. Here's your tribute inside a helmet or here's some money inside your helmet, walk away and get into a fight and the money goes away, which I found very funny. There was a Republic credit in there, by the way, if you saw that. Um, so I'm, I'm giving it that with the hope that the next episode will be something that will be something we've not seen. I mean, first off, you wanna talk about a reveal in this. Um, maybe the reveal that, that they said could blow people away is he has to go into a back, a back to tank. And that's gonna be like the next step of like, okay, why at this point what happened to him now he's got to go into a back to tank you know when he didn't have to do it mandalorian although we never really saw that in mandalorian it may not have been a plot point in mandalorian so um i'm gonna give it a seven um i'm gonna have my seven womp rats. actually what's uh, happening is they're in the cantina with captain rex and they're the ones that are making sure that everybody that's around that card table is playing fair and it's not hiding a um, sabic card up their sleeve, and if they are, they'll bite the guys in the legs. So anyway, that's what my seven mom brats are going to do.
3: Okay, <clears throat> you know, actually, Tom, I'm glad you mentioned the the sanctuary that the the more upscale cantina because that was really cool to see, and I also liked seeing uh, Max Rebo back. He survived. Mm-hmm.
1: Forgot uh, about that.
3: the skiff Jabba cell barge and uh, and the more jazzy. Uh, a version of the cantina song too is really cool to see with the uh the modal nodes so um yeah that that was really cool and overall you know i i know we've been a little more critical but as you as you said matt we i think we have to be you know honest right and 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 um and and we don't want to just be like oh my gosh everything's perfect everything's amazing because then nobody really believes you (laughs) you know if you're always like oh everything's perfect then nothing you know you know are, are you really looking at it with a a more critical eye. Um, and, it, but overall, I there's a lot to love about this. I'm very excited about the future of the show. Um, you know, it, 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 we're just in the very first chapter. Uh, there's six more to go. I'm sure they're going to explain more things. Give us the backstory and the, the motivations where, where, where we want and we're, you know, and the, that is needed. But in the first chapter, it just wasn't there. And I, I'm sure they'll get there um but i think it it makes the first chapter a bit weaker as a result um so you know overall t- technically for the most part like right, the, the music was great the 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 acting was really good you know by, by and large with you know some some you know more iffy acting here and there but the same thing was true in the mandalorian right um overall i really like the characters I'm, i like what they're setting up i'm excited to see what boba fett and fennec shan do um, and so, yeah, I'm going to give this episode, uh, like you, Thomas, seven out of 10. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a gr- good start and I'm excited to see where they go. And my seven Womp Rats, well, you know, we, we were, uh, you know, wondering, we don't actually don't know how long, how long was Boba Fett in the Sarlacc, right? Was it days, weeks, months? Um, but, uh, you know, as the Sarlacc is just a giant pit in the middle of the, The dune sea and sometimes you know creatures fall in like womp rats and uh it was it's a great way to survive by just snacking on womp rats uh until you figure out how to blast your way out with a flamethrower so that's that's how boba fett did it through uh thanks to the seven womp rats
0: did he roast the womp rats with the flamethrower? You know, get a nice, like, kind of rondo roaster sort of effect. He did,
3: first? yes, yeah, okay. uh, He did. Um, you know, later on, Doc Strassi tried to give him seven womp rat carcasses as a, a tribute as well, but after having ate them in the sarlacc, he wasn't about that. So,
4: mm, rondo <laughs> roaster, oh, mm. rats are
3: so nah, good. I'm hungry, oh, Ronto I love rap. yeah, so my anyway, um. Matt, thank you so much for coming on and, and, and reviewing the very first chapter of the Book of Boba Fett with us. It was so much fun to have you.
2: Yeah. Well, I really appreciate it. I mean, it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys about Star Wars, you know, and just being with people who, you know, love Star Wars and know Star Wars uh, as intimately as you guys do. And so um, thank you so much for having me back. This is great.
3: Of course. We're going have to have you back on again. Can you tell people where um, where they can find you if they want to hear and, and see more from you.
2: I'd absolutely. Um, I'm all over social media under the name, Matt rushing zero two. So, you know, Twitter, Instagram, letterbox, Vero, all of those type of places you can find me under that same moniker. Um, and then, um, I'm over on the track FM network with a bunch of different shows. The main show would be the six Oh two club, which is our general geek show. where We're talking about all of the fandoms we love, not just, uh, uh, star Wars, but, we do talk a ton of Star Wars over there. Um, and then, of course, uh, there's a couple bonus shows that are in that same feed as well. Snyder cuts as well as uh, assembling Avengers. So some really focused bonus shows. Uh, and then um, over on the Nerd Party Network, um, I'm also doing a Star Wars podcast that I do with my good friend John Mills. And it's more of a discussion show where we just talk about things we've been thinking about in the saga. And it's called Aggressive Negotiations um, and I do have to say our most recent episode is one that we did with our good friend Nick Anastasio, um, who worked on uh, the Clone Wars uh, as well as uh, works on Bad Batch right now um, as one of the editors. And so if you want some really in-depth conversations about the behind the scenes and the workings of uh, the final season of the Clone Wars, highly encourage you to check that out because it it was it was a fun conversation. So uh, check that out.
3: I'm glad you brought that up because I actually just finished listening a couple, a couple days ago to that the, that interview and it was phenomenal. So I highly highly recommend everyone go check that out if you haven't heard it. Fascinating insight from uh, uh, from Nick about how they edit the Clone Wars and Bad Batch. Yeah,
2: he's so awesome. So. Yeah, he is.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's a gr- awesome interview. I highly recommend that. Um, but yeah, no, th- thank you again. Always good to have you on. Yeah, thanks, Matt. And uh, we'll be back next week with our review of chapter two of the book of Boba Fett.
4: Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at IonCanonCast.com. The Ion Cannon podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.